Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the beautiful Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Now, in the Nature Journal, we focus on critters and quirks of nature found on campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, an employee here at the FBCC Library. And thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, today we're going to talk about the wily coyote. And, you know, first of all, you hear people pronounce it both ways, coyote, coyote. I've always said coyote. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's debatable. I think m- most people in Montana call it the coyote. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, you hear it both ways. So. But they're medium-sized wild dogs, basically, and they're... They were once found only in the arid regions of North America, but today there's 16 subspecies of coyotes, so they really wow. branched out, and they span the entire continent. Now, often they're often mistaken for dogs, and as as you were saying, they're about mm-hmm. the size of a, a medium dog. They're about dog. the size of a normal sized dog. Yeah. Yep. About four feet long and all that. Yeah, and they reach 15 to 46 pounds, so about an average, like an average medium sized dog. And a good way to differentiate them is to watch the tail. A coyote holds its bushy tail down when it's running. And dogs curl up their tails when they're running. Now, fox will have it straight out behind them when they run. They flow along like that. Well, Lewis and Clark described many animals in the West, and they described the, the coyote and called it the wolf of the prairie. And so it's, it's, a, it's something they saw quite a bit of, and they were confused at first, but then they realized it wasn't the, you know, the gray wolf. It wasn't a wolf at all, yeah. So it has grayish-brown to yellowish-brown fur on top and whitish fur on its underparts. And this is what really sets it apart from a, from a wolf. It has large triangular ears on top of its head and a long, narrow muzzle. And it has a black nose, yellow eyes, and a long, bushy tail. So if you really look at it, there's, it's quite different than a wolf if you compare so, them together. If you look at them separately, maybe not that easy, but if you look at them together, you can really tell. So the ears are the distinguishing factor. Uh, what, what do the wolf ears look like? In, they're in they're lower to the head and things like that. The coyote looks, has a narrower face, a longer muzzle, and yeah. those high, high ears. So they normally hunt, uh, they can hunt alone, or they can hunt in pairs, or in a, it actually can hunt in a pack as well. And the thing about coyotes that's very interesting is they're very fleet. They're very fast. They're faster or as fast as the fastest racing dog. They can run 43 miles an hour. 43, wow. Yeah, and think about it. The fastest human runs 28 miles an hour. So coyotes is are very fast. Is that the fastest fast. wild dog is a coyote? Uh, the fastest wild dog I was reading about, I'm not sure what it's, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, it's right there with the coyote. They're both right around 43 miles an hour. And as we said, they run with their tails, dogs run with their tails up, coyotes run with their tails down. Mm -hmm. The animals are very vocal. A pair of coyotes can easily sound like a large group due to a variety of vocalizations. And I can remember when hunting in the Swan Range, I often hear this complex yipping and different vocalizations they do. I can hear it coming from down, down the mountainside. And I always wondered what each one, but each one does carry some sort of a meaning. So they have pretty good communication and they carry from a far distance also. The coyote has very few natural predators. Wolves are one of them. In fact, you can see when, it, when the wolves were, were reintroduced to Yellowstone, the coyote population plummeted. Wolves preyed on the coyotes quite a bit. Yeah. So it's, uh, but they, they can be preyed on by mountain lions. That's obvious. And bald eagles. Grab really? Yep. When, when they're young or just generally? Uh, probably more the juvenile coyote. You, it's be hard to imagine a bald eagle taking down a 40-pound I was going to say, I know coyote. eagles are big, but they're not that big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty, pretty uh, um, 
tough for an eagle to kill a full-grown, probably a full-grown coyote. So we're talking more of their, their young or juveniles. But in captivity, a coyote can live up to 20 years mm-hmm. and uh, probably more like 10 in the wild. And I'm going to tell you in a minute about a, a lady up the Middle Fork that had a, a pet coyote. And they do very well in, in captivity if they're raised from a domestic, you know, from when they're young. They're very good swimmers. They swim really well. Hmm. In fact, so are wolves. I, I talked to a guy. In fact, we've had him on the show here, Chris Peterson, editor oh. on Horse News. And he, in the high country of the Middle Fork, he, he saw a, a pack of wolves and saw a number of them swimming along the shoreline. Huh. I have never seen one swim, but apparently coyotes and wolves are both good swimmers. And they're very omnivorous. They eat just about anything. You'll see, you know, you see the picture or the film of them throwing rodents up in the air and playing with them, and then they eat them. They eat a lot of rodents, and they can eat carrion, uh, any, about anything they can catch, birds, um, eggs in a nest. They're very omnivorous, and they'll eat just about anything. And they're really good at controlling what we would call pests, like mice and voles and that kind of thing. And they've really expanded their use, uh, their range, because they do really well in the presence of humans. Because they they can move into civilized you know civilization and live there and actually uh, find food there and so on. No, there yeah, there's the whole situation of uh, what are they calling them urban coyotes. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that, and it's gotten really bad in California. Mm-hmm. So attitudes toward coyotes, it's one of the most I wouldn't say hated, but it's one of the most negative feelings in the United States as far as towards coyotes. Mm. And there's several reasons for that. Um, can you think of one? Uh, well, they are a bit of a nuisance. Yeah. Besides the fact that a pack of coyotes could walk in and start harassing your livestock if you're, say, yeah. a rancher, yeah. they they also can prey on small pets if you live out in the, the sticks or even apparently in the urban places. <laughs> you got it, Colin. Those are all exactly right. And, and only 34% of the people in a recent survey had a positive attitude towards coyotes. And I'm surprised it was even that high. Yeah. Because people, it's, you know, they're an unprotected predator. Oh, so yeah. society has not given them protection. So obviously society doesn't put a lot well, of Well, they're not even slightly endangered, so they don't oh. really need the protection. Yeah, they're very, they're very uh, uh, numerous. But some people, even though the, the, the animal's numerous, if it's, a, if it's a, like a cute animal or an animal doesn't kill other animals, <laughs> so they're probably going to have a, go. a better, at, you know, attitude than only 34% of the positive. I'm still, I still question that. That seems too high because they are one of the most really hated animals because of the way they pull animals down and so yeah. on. And so, and I remember when I was younger driving over by Lincoln, Montana, and seeing coyotes that were hung on barbed wire fences just to illustrate they the, neg- yeah, the negative way that ranchers view them. They caught themselves on there? No, the they killed them, them and there. hung oh. them up there. Just to, just to say, hey, we don't like coyotes here. But they are an unprotected predator. As we said, each animal has some sort of classification. And because society has deemed them of low value, uh, there's no protections. The funny thing is, though, their fur can be very valuable. And there's a lot of trappers that go after coyotes, which is good because it might keep the numbers down a little bit. Uh, and it can be very, uh, makes very fine garments and, and trim around, you know, if you see coyote trim on a coat. They have the, the nice yellowish, uh, it's like a yeah. golden brown color fur yes. sometimes? Yeah, and it's really a nice texture. It's not real soft like a marten, but it's, it's kind of a nice, I don't know, sorted texture mm-hmm. that works well. Having them for a pet isn't that uncommon back in the day. Uh, Betty the Trapper, which was a, an old-timer, lived up the Nyack that I profiled. Mm-hmm. She was trapping on her Martin trap line, and a coyote had gotten into one of her traps. And she wrapped it on the head with a stick and then tied its muzzle closed with a piece of shoestring. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she hiked back down to her house and had the coyote for years as a, as a pet. And then Great Aunt Doris, who owned the Stanton Creek Lodge, she had two coyotes for pets. She got those as pups. Wow. In fact, there's a story she told about 
she was walking down Old Highway 2, which was closed in the winter back then in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And she, their light plant went out, which was on Stanton Creek. And so she didn't know whether somebody was messing with it or if it got clogged up and it was in the winter. And, uh, and so she was walking down to check it out. She put a six-shooter in a, in a blanket, rolled it up, in, or like a cowl, and was carrying <laughs> it. So it must have been the spring when the road was open because she had one, ki- one of her coyotes was walking ahead of her and one of her coyotes was walking behind her. And somebody pulled up and said, are you okay? Or the, you know, they thought that the coyotes were stalking her. But they were actually her pets. So it's just a different world back then where people have, you know, wildlife as pets. I'm not recommending it, that's for sure. And make sure oh, you yeah, don't no. let coyotes get any food reward because they'll be back, you know. Oh, that is one thing. Don't take it lightly. These are wild dogs. So mm-hmm. don't go out and talk, try and pet them or nothing. No. And eastern coyotes are part wolf, actually, as far as DNA is concerned, if they found that. Because it's a, it's a little larger than the western coyote and has slightly more wolf-like features. And why are they like that? Well, recent DNA analysis has shown that as the western coyote spread east, it hybridized with eastern wolves with a little domestic dog thrown in, and that's why the eastern coyote is often called the coy wolf because uh-huh. it has a little bit of that in it. Because they mate with actual wolves, like yeah. gray wolves, right? Well, Sometimes. I don't know about that. Uh, I, I don't know enough to say. Um, but the, again, as we said, they're omnivores. They eat just about anything. They mate for life, which is interesting, I thought. And we know that they make 11 different noises. Let's listen to a few of those. So researchers have identified now 11 different vocalizations. The growl, the huff, the woof, the bark, the bark howl, the lone howl, the group yip howl, the whine, the group howl, greetings, songs, and yelps. (laughs) <laughs> All oh, those yeah. different vocalizations. And they and so they may be one of the more complex uh, communicators in the wildlife world, you know, with other members of their species. As far as canines go, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely that. So they adapt well to city life, as you were mentioning. But um, the problem is with that is that there's, there's some attacks uh, occurring in California. We'll get that in a minute. But the coyotes play a lot of roles in folklore. And uh, Native Americans in the California region, mm-hmm. they see coyotes as a creative de- deity. Some tribes look at them as a trickster. Um, <laughs> and then there's an ancient rural, uh, ruined city in Mexico that archaeologists have found that the, their warriors dressed up as coyotes for rituals to, hi, uh, to harness the coyotes' power. So there, there's a lot of Native Americans that view them in, in different ways. Yeah, I, I think I had read something that said that some of the, the, the Mesoamericans down in uh, modern-day Mexico, they used it, it as a symbol that's symbolic of uh, military strength that they had back then. Yeah, that could be. Uh, well, there's one, there's one uh, superstition also says if you see a, hi- a coyote at the beginning of your trip, you better turn around. It's going to be a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> but, however, when coyotes band together to form packs, they can become quite dangerous. And that's what we, we mentioned really quickly, mm-hmm. uh, especially to pets and children. And thankfully, those types of encounters aren't that common, but they're actually getting more and more common in California. Um, in the uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife show, uh, show that while 41 attacks occurred during the period of 88 to 97, only in the next few years, there were 48 attacks just from 98 to 2003. So what's happening is those coyotes are getting food rewards. They're coming in. They're getting and, braver. Yeah, and they're getting braver. And you ought to read. I mean, just, just get on the Internet and just read the attacks. It's pretty tragic how many kids are attacked. Oh, it's like at least 10 a year over there in California mm. and bitten and, and, you know, slashed and things like that. So like all wildlife, avoid those close encounters. And, you know, coyotes, they aren't a very highly thought of animal, but they're part of the wildlife scene. Mm. So we all have to kind of figure out our own feelings about them. Every animal's there for a reason. That's right. 
That's all the time we have for this episode of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley. I'll see you next week.